0: Live from Monk's Bar and Grill in Sun Prairie. This is Kenny and Hyoprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network.
1: Oh, it is Kenny and Hyoprin live from Monk's Bar and Grill, Sun Prairie, Wisconsin. Ben Kenny, Zach Heilprint is here. Zach, what's up? How's it going, Ben? Uh, Bill Nagy will be along in just a little bit. Some uh, snow related traffic, we figure.
2: Yeah, I 94 is a.
1: Yeah, as. uh, It can be, I should say. It is another snowy night. The Packers play in about an hour and a half. We will. uh, Obviously, there will be much talk about them as that game approaches. We are talking Badgers. And it was a disappointing Saturday against Iowa in Kinnick Stadium. We'll touch on that. We'll talk about. Wisconsin's matchup against Nebraska coming up on Saturday. We have our picks coming up later on in the show, Zach. But I wanted to start the the news from the day in Badger land. Wisconsin has now had three members, after two more today, decommit from the class of 2023. Today it was wide receiver Colin Dixon, defensive lineman Jamel Howard. Now, they both decommitted after Jim Leonard's media availability, though he did comment on it. And, Zach, you were there. I, I guess the the first question is: Now you have three guys decommit from the class. Uh, the class is down to number 62 in the country. Uh, Jim Leonard is still the head coach on an interim basis. Is there cause for concern here? Uh, quickly with this news today. I mean, it's not unexpected,
2: is it? Right? Like, I mean, what are you? Were you expecting all these guys to to, to stick in? I, I think the fact that it came on the same day. And within hours of each other and it came a week after you know Tretch also decommitted it's kind of one after another and it's kind of people are like Chris McIntosh what are you doing why is not Jim Leonard already been named the head coach and I think there's a lot that obviously goes into that I think I'd be a lot more worried if these guys were four and five star recruits and I know and I as, as we welcome in uh, former three star recruit Bill Nagy yes Bill I, Nagy is here <laughs> hello Bill
0: I, what's up guys a little late
2: yeah so as we as we welcome him in I, I don't want to say that there's anything wrong with three-star recruits <laughs> I think Wisconsin's program's been built on them but what I will say is I think this would be a lot bigger deal if they were like high high level guys and it's and, and that's not to say that that they're not they couldn't be good players Jamel Howard has an offer from Michigan he's probably going to end up there Tretchka Kahuna is probably going to end up at, at uh, Oregon and We'll see where Colin Dixon goes. He had a great season. I think those guys all would have been huge members of the team, but I'm, I'm not freaking out about it kind of
1: like you were earlier today. Freaking out is not the word I would use. And, and <laughs> you asked first, uh, is this unexpected? Uh, no. I, when Paul Chris got fired and Jim Leonard took over, I think one of the first conversations was likely they're going to lose talent, whether it's on the roster or in recruiting. Um, Bill, I want to ask you with with the news that two guys have decommitted from the class with Jim Leonard still there on an interim basis. and I don't really think there's a huge cloud of uncertainty in terms of where Wisconsin's going. It seems clear. just hasn't happened yet. Now you're getting some talent decommit from the class and, and uh, will likely be going elsewhere. What were your thoughts on it? Because I, I'll get to mine. I, obviously, I don't feel great, but I'm not overreacting like the sky is falling in any way.
0: Yeah, there's two different things. I I don't think you can blame the kids for reopening their recruiting process. And the reality is, in this day and age, it's not like everybody's a free agent every single day, whether you're in the program or you're being recruited. And it's not even to the extreme of professional sports that you have a year contract and you become a free agent. These kids can leave whenever they want, right? Right. So with the uncertainty, you can't blame them because a lot of things can happen within the next two weeks as you start to see the coaching carousel start to move a little bit. Uh, It's unfair for the kids, the families, everything within the process to hold on to something that has been uncertain, and it's only going to start picking up as you get closer to to the signing day. And Jim Leonard's talked about that,
1: right, in terms of how hard it is when he's, he's trying to reaffirm some sense of patience.
2: Yeah, so he talked at like 9.45 or 10 this morning, and the Jamel Howard news came out like minutes after. Like, Jamel Howard tweeted it minutes after, so I feel like Jim probably had uh, an idea that that was coming and probably knew the thing, same thing with Colin Dixon it was coming. And so he was probably talking from that point of view more so than anything else. And, yeah, he said, you know, it's getting harder and harder to ask these guys for patience um the uncertainty it sucks and it's not just the recruits it's within the locker room it's within the families and their families and trying to stay you know connected to them as much as possible and and tell them you know this is what we know this is what it is but the longer this goes on the less easy it is to tell them that and look he said hopefully soon there will be a decision or you know they'll, they'll We'll know where things are going, and I, th- I feel like many of us, and I think most of us all think we know where it's going, and yet at the same time, there's still that uncertainty that has left him open to other teams coming in and
1: taking players and trying to take players that are on the roster already at the same time. So that's so, what yeah. concerns me, where when I look at the 2023 class, like if it's Leonard's job next year or for the next two, three years, these guys wouldn't figure to be huge parts of the starting lineup because they're coming in as true freshmen, then they might redshirt. What concerns me more is, with the uncertainty, the back channel, which, as Leonard also discussed, like the back channel poaching or attempts at it is no doubt happening. I'm sure uh, part of the fuel for that from other teams coming in, and we heard the Braylon Allen thing and we talked about it. I'm sure part of that fuel comes from the fact that they're still an interim coach, and Wisconsin has a lot of uh, players that would be attractive elsewhere, and I think if Leonard keeps the job, I've talked about next year. Last year, the Big Ten West, the schedule is probably as favorable as it will be uh, in some time, where you get Bama in the future, you no know more division, so you play uh, the Michigan, Ohio State, USC, UCLA more. I, I feel like what concerns me is if there are current players on the team that get poached, and I don't know the answer to how that can't happen aside from making Leonard
0: the head coach as soon as they can well there's a there's a real time frame with all this recruiting classes start to fill up there think if you're recruiting against Wisconsin and you're looking at going after one of the kids that just decommitted you're putting it in their ear to just say hey what's the plan there they may get a new coach why haven't they made that decision yet Things may be different if they go this way with a different type of program. They may not feel as great about you, and then all of a sudden the clock keeps ticking. Hey, you wanted to go to Oregon? Hey, you wanted to go to Michigan? Sorry, man, we're filled up. There's no spots for you. You need to start looking elsewhere quick. Like, that's what these kids are hearing from these other coaches, and that's what their families are hearing on top of the other factors, not just with – open spots there's the nil stuff there's all the other like you don't even know the coaches let alone what the opportunity may be once you get on campus yep well those are the
2: issues right and look they don't have any wide receivers committed now in this 2023 class i don't think that's a huge problem i think they're going to hit the portal whenever they decide but i think it it may it may suggest that this isn't a jim leonard thing is albus witted going to be here next year Right. The guy who's recruiting them, their their wide receivers coach, they don't know that, or maybe they do know that that he's not that he's not going to be around. I think the thing thing's a little bit different than the Colin Dixon thing, just a little different reasons as to why they're they're not coming. But um, like there are, there's a lot at play. It's not just about Jim Leonard; it's about the potential uncertainty within his staff, and I think that certainly plays into this too. I um, remind me, you were a class of 2006, correct? Yep. So you knew. Because Barry had announced it ahead of the 2005 season that Brett was going to be the new head coach, yeah, and so you had no issues whatsoever. Were you recruited by Barry first and then Brett?
0: Yeah, so it was the Alvarez staff that recruited me, and then they came up with a good timeline and a good plan as to, hey, this is what it's going to be. There's no question. You know, you knew for the most part what the plan was, and there was some coaching changes with that i mean there was so- you knew there were going to be that like jim Huber recruited me he was the offensive line coach he wasn't the old line coach when i got on campus i
2: think there were only like three assistants that were still there Chris, uh the wide receivers coach um, mason coach uh, mason coach mason um and then brett like those were the only three assistants yeah. that were still around right Largely because none of them, none of the previous
0: assistants and Brett got along. It was such a different time, though. <laughs> it was such a yes, different recruiting wise, so much different. And they, things are different now, and that's the mentality that you know McIntosh and the coaches have now. It's sell the program, you sell the place. Yeah, you want to be here. And we had you know Nelson and Bordellini on the show. It was like, hey, we just trust the program. It doesn't matter who's in that seat, and those are the right people you want. But it also sounds a lot easier and better than it truly is. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the the idea of selling the program and, and doing it,
2: I feel like in recruiting so much these days, it's about the person that's leading it, the person that you're talking to, and and you know and that's why a lot of people were not enthused with Paul Chris as the leader of your program because of the interactions with kids. Like, how can he how can he do that? Which I think was a horrible mis. A conception of like who Paul Christ was he was able to connect with kids on a on a very personal level um Jim Leonard brings a little bit different I think to the table for sure but still this is a it's a different time than what obviously you were going through yeah six, a completely you know, different 16, time
0: what but again you look at the competition and look at the people that Wisconsin is rooting against it's low-hanging fruit in my eyes if I'm a different program and you look at the commit list at a place like Wisconsin to just say, hey, where where is that program going? You just need a little bit of doubt yeah, to all of a sudden it opens up. I don't think any, and I'm not positive on this, but it sounded like they just reopened their recruiting to where they still could end up at Wisconsin potentially, but they have to start protecting them so like who knows what's going to yeah. happen they so, have to look out for them too
2: yeah so they could all and i mean they could technically could all end up back in wisconsin they, they are opening their recruitment jamal howard is going to michigan this weekend like and he's got an offer from michigan which came in after paul chris got fired so some got i mean and the, the oregon offer came in for trash kakuna after paul chris got fired so there were there were some things the one that kind of came out not out of nowhere but maybe a little bit out of nowhere was the colin dixon one because it's not like he got a whole bunch of offers from a bunch of big programs since Paul got fired. Um, but it's a loss because he's had a huge, huge season in Ohio. He's, I think a lot of people think he's one of the more underrated recruits in that state. So that, 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 to me, probably is the biggest one of the three.
1: I feel like when Wisconsin is in on those players, and in the past they could keep them, but I feel like that signals to other programs across the country of like, oh, this kid might be really good. But I feel like if you see Wisconsin there, and, and maybe they're the first ones there, usually like Wisconsin's shown a knack for you know, finding the lower star kids that turn out to be really productive.
0: They do a phenomenal job in recruiting, and they don't have the Gary Anderson, we're going to chase stars, you got an offer from whatever school we're going to offer you just because you have it. That staff does a phenomenal job of evaluating talent, and they put the time into it to know who they truly want. You would be shocked if you actually sat down and watched some of these high school tapes and – you didn't know where the offers were you could be like oh that kid has an offer from texas and where yeah we just watched a kid that was you know a mac big east kid and i would have taken that kid but when you sit down and you actually evaluate the talent not a lot of staffs do that wisconsin's done a really good job with that so that's why i think they've been successful in finding some of the mid star lower star talent that that come in and make an impact
2: it's it's funny you mentioned that. Uh, it reminds me of a story of during Gary Anderson's tenure that um, he would just litter offers all yeah. over the country. Wisconsin was one of them. Like right now, Wisconsin maybe outside of Northwestern. Is the – offers the least amount of kids in the Big Ten across the entire country? Like maybe uh, against – other than Northwestern. I think that
0: would be very interesting to see. I think the it's – amount of offers actually extended. Oh, it's, it's low. Because when you offer somebody, like it means something.
1: At Wisconsin, it means something.
0: Yeah, yeah. you have with schools like
1: Min, or, or Michigan that every time you would see a top program on their offer list, you yeah. feel like they're coming next because they say, oh, Ohio State offered them. You know, let's do that too. Right. But Gary Anderson
2: with litter – litter the entire country there was at one point i think they may have been like first or second in the big 10 in terms of offers and that was just completely against what brett had done and what paul has done is when, when you offer somebody it means something yeah and it didn't mean anything for gary
0: anderson like and it you, just did not And you saw some of the talent that was brought in from gary anderson and it was not always the best you see in a number of ways, four, four-star recruits, <laughs> and you're, yeah, and it was it was telling. Yeah, one more year of that, the program would have been a lot different spot. Yeah, well, I, Man, I that's guess a fact,
1: I guess that goes into the question I I wanted to hit because uh, many are still holding out a thought that Wisconsin would, would go elsewhere for their head coach. Uh, I know some of our callers in the morning definitely feel that way after the Iowa loss. Uh, do you guys have? any problem with how it is being handled from the uh, athletic director level when it comes
0: to Leonard and his hiring? Any problem with the athletic director on how he's doing? (laughs) No, in terms of the timeline. The timeline? Like in terms of
1: how it's all – like in terms of the fact that he's still the interim and they haven't done it yet.
0: I would have hoped that Jimmy was named the head coach, and I think the locker room wants it to be that. I think a lot of people around the program do. Um, don't necessarily know what's going on you know, inside the, the four walls or who Macintosh may be talking to or what the plan may be. But, um, yeah, I think the frustration would come from the time frame. Yeah, Again, I, I
2: think there's a lot that has to go into the whole process. It's not just Chris McIntosh has this guy and this is what has happened. But I, it feels like that there are some things that could be done – earlier on like there's there, are, there's like this, this committee things. there's this committee you have to put together yeah that has to go over candidates and that that type of stuff has to happen and that it hasn't happened to this point it is what it is i mean i i don't know that if if they named jim leonard head coach tomorrow whether those three guys would still be on the staff or still be as part of this class i don't think they would be i think that there's a lot that goes into it outside of uh, jim leonard but there is the uncertainty and i think there's a ton of uncertainty within the team that is the biggest concern for me. Like, guys potentially going in the transfer portal not knowing right now they've got to make that decision in a couple of weeks here. And the, the portal opens the 5th of December. We're not too far away from there.
1: And that's right after the Minnesota game pretty
2: much. It's 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 the week. I mean, it's when they announce the college wall playoff rankings, which comes the week after or the, the day after um, the college football playoff is announced. But those are guys having to make decisions right now, they're thinking about it right now, right? If, if Jim Leonard's not going to be the head coach, they're not going to be here. They're going to probably be somewhere else, and there's other guys who be like, if Jim's here, I'm going to be here, and I don't have to think about it, and I can be all in on what's going on right now, and I think that there's that there's a lot going on with that program, and it's not just football.
0: Yeah, this is, this is my frustration. If it goes in the direction where I think people think it's going to go with Jim getting the job, okay, he still needs time to – Put his staff together, and what that's going to look like. And as you know, once things start rolling and the coaching carousel gets moving, it happens fast. The transfer portal happens fast. The recruiting, everything that goes into that, you, you have to get ahead of it because that's that's the reality, yep. right? And don't know what the plan would look like um, from a defensive standpoint, from a defensive coordinator standpoint, and then. You start looking at the offensive side of the ball. Most and the importantly. Teams, and I think that, you know, from just being a fan and watching where the games have been, the reality is is there's going to be change. Like, significant yep, change. It's going to be change. Don't know what it's going to look like, but there is going to be change. So you got to make sure that you give him enough time and you give him the tools to be able to get ahead of it and establish who he would want in that role, or whomever it is.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I want to talk about that change in a minute, or uh, specifically the Iowa game, which might show where the change has to come. Um, I, I Clearly I, on defense, right? Just yeah. was good. Defense uh, just wasn't good enough. Wh- wasn't able to stop them <laughs> at the 20, or the 15, and the 10. Um, but I echo the thought. I All mean, right.
2: That was a, a very prolific Iowa offense that they faced,
1: so... We'll get into that, Zach, uh, or you can listen to Tuesday's show. This guy. Uh, he took exception to something I this may guy. or may not have said. Uh, this guy. I'll <laughs> it. But when it comes to Leonard, like in my ideal world, it would have been done two weeks ago or three weeks ago where for him to build a staff and for him to uh, – the recruiting thing is one thing, and it's something where you could go to the portal to offset losses in this class currently. Uh, but in terms of the guys you have on your roster, that you would need to be big contributors – my fright is, as I said, there is some channel opened with the uncertainty that other schools could then maybe take advantage of. And I don't know what's going on with Braylon Allen, but to use that like as a theoretical example, like if you didn't know if Leonard would get the job, and other schools start talking, and then certain dollar sign figures are thrown out, like then you know the snowball could start rolling. So from that perspective, I, I just I would like for him to be coached sooner rather than later. Without saying that I'm grossly unhappy with how it's being handled because i don't know the day to day i just want him to be named as soon as possible that's where i'm at all right that is bill nagy that is Zach Heilprin. we're live from monk's bar and grill sun prairie locations across the state the packers play in about two hours from now up in lambeau field monks in sun prairie monks across the state that's where you watch the games you have jello shots for packer touchdowns. specials going on five for fifteen dollar domestic beer buckets so much more Come find a Monks uh, near you or come down to the one in Sun Prairie to watch the game tonight. When we return, we'll talk about the Iowa game. It's Kenny and Heilprin. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin
0: Sports Zone Network.
1: All right, welcome back in. It is Kenny and Heilprin live from Monks and Sun Prairie. Bill Nagy is here, former Wisconsin offensive lineman. Former three-star recruit, uh, as Zach, so perfectly pointed out.
2: was that? What, do, you, do you know? I think
1: so. Yeah. Because that was like the
2: beginning, not the beginning of the recruiting area's ranking, but it was kind of early in the recruiting area. The era early rankings. days. It
0: was, Let's yeah, go, it I'm
1: going to go find it. Like a, see, go see I if he's got, got a 24-7 was, profile. I think, I think it was three. Uh, All right. The pre-Twitter days. There were no d- Twitter
0: edits during your recruiting process? No. I think so. <laughs> I think after like 15 years, they take you off rivals. There's got to be some <laughs> type of professional. Three-star
2: prospect, the number wow. two, number 42 player in the state of Ohio, number the number, th- the, number <laughs> the number two center in the state of Ohio. Do you know who what it was the top center? Wow, they were pigeonholing you. The yeah. top center in that state said he could only play center. I don't. Uh, I, I'm, I'm having to find it here. Just, just, <laughs> just give me a break. Um, I was about to say is no.
0: Buck Burnett. Do you know a Buck Get Burnett? No, I have no idea. I've never heard his name in my life. He went to Texas.
1: Oh, he did. Oh, I was hoping you would say it's like. Oh yeah, that was my left guard in high school. No, <laughs> he went to Wimberley.
0: No, what
2: the, what was going on here? No, no. Excuse me, you're the number two center in the country.
1: No
0: way.
2: That's what's saying.
0: Wow! Fact check. <laughs>
2: it's
1: probably because there weren't that many centers.
2: It's, it's a possibility. It's a possibility. Um,
0: I'll take it. it Number boom. two center in the country. Boom.
1: It, Speaking of centers and offensive line play, were you were you three hundred eighteen pounds in high school? No. All right.
2: So twenty four seven came along after this, so it, it's it's taking a lot of people's rankings and putting it put them was, in there.
0: It's like my senior year in college. There's no way I was three eighteen <laughs> in high school. Did you go to Under Hudson? Did you yeah. go to Hudson Ice? Yeah, okay. That's all right, late.
2: That's it. that's accurate. Yeah, you were the 856th ranked prospect in the country. That's impressive. <laughs> it's better. Be it's better than anybody else at the table.
1: Yeah. Um. All right. Speaking of offensive linemen and, and prospects and what we saw in the field on Saturday, the Badgers' O line struggles against the Hawkeyes. Bill, Zach, and I talked about this game on Tuesday. Iowa. Won a game by 14-plus, Zach, with the fewest yards ever. Is that the stat with Iowa winning with 146 total yards with a 14-point margin?
2: Uh, They won, yes, as I articulated on Tuesday, 146 freaking yards Iowa had. The fewest they've had in a win since at least 1989. It may have been longer than that. I'm, I'm almost positive it was longer than that, but that was as far as back as I could go in the uh, Iowa record books as I was doing it at Kinnick Stadium, like knowing that they were probably going to be right around that 140 mark. Yep. It was horrible. Like Bill, I don't, I don't know about you, but like the, when your defense plays that well and you get beat by 14, things didn't go well in some other
0: uh, aspects of your team. Yeah, and there's <laughs> nothing else to say. Yeah. It's absolutely brutal. But that just speaks to the volumes of turnovers, big plays, special teams. Special stuff teams. catches up to you. Yep. Do you we think knew that that was going to be the factor going into that game. That felt like the formula. Right? Like that's what you couldn't do, and that's exactly what happened. Short
1: fields, turnovers, pick sixes. I, do you think, Bill, Iowa's defense was that good? Or do you think this is another, or maybe both can be true, but another example of wisconsin like we've seen recently struggle against really good fronts or, or struggle in those kind of environments against good defenses
0: i think they struggled but i don't think it's ever as bad as you think or ever as good it's somewhere in the middle i think it's two teams that understand what each were are trying to do um from a game plan play call standpoint it's it's tough to tough to see some of those first down play calls where you get behind the chains whether you're throwing it or you're not moving the ball forward, or a penalty, and, yeah, yeah, you get a penalty, or and it puts you behind on second down, and then you're asking somebody against a solid defense to make some throws, cold weather, all that, like it just you set yourself up for failure, and that was tough to see, and that was frustrating to see, because field position, if any, with the way your defense is playing, that's the game right there, right?
2: Oh, special teams cost them. I, like, I, I know, I mean, Iowa had drives of 17 yards and 19 yards. Those were their two scoring drives. They picked and, up and one then, first down and during the other, those drives combined. And the, and the other one came on a pick six. Like, that's, that's how they scored. And obviously, they gave up some yards in that last drive when they were kind of grinding it out. The game was over at that point. As soon as they went up 21 to 10, the game was over. Yep. Um, but the special teams put them in just such a horrible spots. You get the block kick, you get Dean Ingram allowing the ball to roll all the way down to the one yard line, you get the 41 yard return. After, you know, I mean, it was just one thing after another on special teams. And it's uh, it's not unexpected because you, you kind of always are holding your breath in this state, whether it's the Packers or the Badgers, when the special teams are on the field. Um, but it cost them. It cost them. I think, I don't know if they would have won the game if the special teams didn't make those mistakes.
1: But it would have been come down to the wire, uh, in my mind, if they hadn't. I guess yeah. the question is how... When we move forward, because Wisconsin gets Nebraska, and we're going to talk about that game coming up. Then they play Minnesota, and then maybe a bowl game if they can make it. But when we talk about next year and the year after with figuratively, uh, hopefully, Jim Leonard there at head coach, how do, how do they avoid this situation from happening again? Because it's, it's kind of a performance we've seen, not regularly, but it's happened a couple times in the last couple years. I think back to Minnesota last season. Different kind of script, but still – the offense couldn't do enough in the end when the defense was kind of holding you in there, and then you lose the game. I How do they avoid that? Is it a bring in a new OC, bring in a special teams coach? Is it a, a player? Like It's probably all of the above, but how do you guys think they, they move forward because they need to start winning these games?
0: Yeah, I think going back to it, there's a false identity over the last couple of weeks of what they were able to do. You go back throughout the season, like had not been – Strong at running the ball against good defensive fronts. They I haven't couldn't run the three ball three years. Washington State, Ohio State. Like there, there were just other factors that stick out to me. So, I don't think it going into the Iowa game I knew it was going to be somewhat of a struggle. But you have to control what you can control with the turnovers, the penalties, all the pre-snap stuff. Um, you hope that that can continue to get better. What you worry about. In the future, depending on what that looks like from an offensive standpoint, what you've recruited from a talent standpoint has been very much a pro style type offense. Mertz is here to stay for another year. Unless there's something that happens from a transfer portal standpoint, if there's other talent that comes in. Depending on a court, I who knows what that's gonna look like. There's gonna be, you know, from a special team standpoint that obviously needs to be an emphasis and and jim talked about that in the like we need to make that needs to be something where people get excited about yeah win and a guy that made his career off yeah you know special teams and being somebody that you can count on yeah just as a smart player on defense right? like you need to make that something where people get excited about and i think that uh that's what you need to move forward the funny thing
2: yeah yeah, the funny thing is uh, when Jim Leonard was the uh, punt returner, I was excited. Every time he we went back, because it's like, he may go. He may take this one. And now, when you're out there, and I'm, I don't know if fans feel the same way. Oh, I hold my breath. You're like, just just have the ball at the end of this thing. Because right. at this point, you're just just—you're not confident in it. And Jim Leonard, I'm, I'm sure, lost a fumbler or two in his career. I don't remember him. I'm sure he did at some point. But, like, you had trust in it. And you don't have trust in the special teams to cover kicks or to or to uh, return kicks,
1: which uh, by the, punts I should say
2: kicks, I feel like Asgrend was like this far away from breaking one and taking oh, it yeah. to the house.
1: Which by the way, it's time for me to walk something back. Ooh, weeks love, ago, Zach. Love those times, it's if you bro. remember, of course
2: uh, you know I probably do.
1: There are many of those times. It was after a punt was muffed uh, by the Wisconsin Badgers. I forget which game. It might have been Illinois, and I said, "Why can't the Packers, but also the Badgers?" Just not put someone back there to catch the kicks. Like, make sure you have possession at the end and then figure it out. I'm walking that back because we saw what happened when that was the case with Tory Taylor getting it to the one yard line and how screwed Wisconsin was in that position well, in a the, game like that.
2: The glorious Tory Taylor. The, the glorious, the, the man, the best punter that's ever walked this earth.
1: Bill, he's great from punt 7 to 11. Going into this game. Every he was, game. He was not good. But I, the the
2: wind was. The it was wind, windy. The wind was really a problem in that game. Like, it wasn't on the field, but as soon as the ball got up, like, where it is when oh, you're punting
1: it. He was driving it low. You, you play golf. He, he like,
2: keep it low choked, down, choked yeah. down
1: a five iron and just drilled it forward. Right, Zach? It's, it's, it's November. We're, we're going
2: to stop with the golf <laughs> analogies. It's, win- it's winter.
1: Oh, the season's heating up. Um, all right, that is Zach guy open. That is Bill Nagy. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like because, I don't know, in the last three years since the struggles have started for the program, it's been these games that they've been losing. It's yes. the When they face the really good defense on the road or sometimes at home is when the struggles have come. I guess I don't know the answer, but I'm really looking forward to what Leonard does going forward to address special teams, but also what he does on offense where – can there be some sort of answer? And again, I don't know what it is, but can there be an answer if you struggle to run the ball in the game? Because they're going to face teams where that's the case coming forward, right? Like, I was going to be there. Ohio State, their defense is good. They'll play Michigan. Like, can you find offense aside from that?
2: Yeah, they just need to get Ohio. They just need to get UCLA and USC in here so they can run the ball up down the throat and on both those guys. Yeah, um. <laughs> they, they may they may be able to score fifty some odd, but you're going to be able to run the ball up and down the field on them they're like nebraska with more offensive talent yeah well we'll see how saturday goes before you say that
1: um and we're going to be picking that game later i'm a i'm a pack 12 guy now by the way because uh the big 10 west has
0: driven me crazy so getting, it, nothing forget it. Is this the big the worst big 10 west ever of well, I mean, all time ever if you look at the... from top to bottom oh well, it's hard be, to say this, no
2: this is gonna be the first time that Uh, A Big Ten West team has had three losses going into the Big Ten Championship game. No matter what, no matter
1: who wins it, there's going to be at least three losses. It's the first time that's ever happened. Not to mention, think about the teams. There's Iowa, whose offense is bad, but they're winning games with other things. There's Purdue, who is flawed on defense and kind of has some inexplicable performances, matched with some good ones. There's Illinois, who can't get out of their own way uh, in Game, like in some games, they just can't do it, even though their defense is great. Then there's we know what Wisconsin is. It's like the teams themselves are so unimpressive, and
0: that makes it even harder with what happened on Saturday. That's so hard. That was, <laughs> yeah, once Illinois lost, you're just the door was open for a little bit. You thought there was a chance, but just hard to see.
1: Once Illinois lost, I felt like Wisconsin would lose because that's just. You know, what you grow. It was too good to be true. That's what you grow used to, to uh, expecting. That was tough to watch. You know? All right.
2: He's, that become, is... he's become jaded in his old age.
1: <laughs> I, I was born jaded. All right, that is Bill Nagy. That is Zach Heilprin. We're live from Monks and Sun Prairie. Come down here for the Packers game in about an hour and 45 minutes. Find a Monks location across the state. They have drink specials for the game. As always, the place to watch football Every Thursday, Sunday, Saturday, whenever it is. Uh, when we return, some thoughts on the Nebraska matchup this weekend. It's Kenny and Heilprin.
0: This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network.
1: All right, welcome back. It is Kenny and Heilprin. Live from Monks Bar and Grill in Sun Prairie, Zach Howprin is here. Former Wisconsin offensive lineman Bill Nagy is here. The Badgers do have a game on Saturday, Zach.
0: They, they are do.
1: in Lincoln, Nebraska, against the uh, not-so-mighty Nebraska Cornhuskers. They're ten-and-a-half-point favorites, and I, I think a lot of that will have to do with the quarterback position, right? Because Casey Thompson... Their starter throughout the year. Don't know if he'll start. Indications are he probably will, though he's missed the last couple games with a uh, hand injury after being injured against Illinois, and then their backup situation is a disaster. So if you get Smothers out there, like they are a pass-happy. Mark Whipple loves to throw the ball team. Their backups aren't the best passers. I, I guess I look at the 10 and a half line, and this is where I want to start. It feels a little juiced up. <laughs> If Casey Thompson's going to play, yeah, but you, it started at thirteen, and as soon as Casey Thompson was going to play, it dropped two and a half points. Yeah, I would
2: think it'd be. You you want you think Casey Thompson's worth more more than that? I do. Compared okay. to his backups, oh yeah. Okay, all right. I do. Yeah, I mean they are they have jumped out. I mean they they jumped out to a lead on Illinois when he was quarterback. Yes, it they was had, nine to seven. They had a lead on Minnesota without him being their quarterback. Their defense has improved. They have been better in the last couple of weeks. I'm not going to say I'm not going to go all Ben Kenny and say that they were a good <laughs> defense or they are playing well, but they have played better than they were earlier this year. I mean, like Iowa's up, offense, they gave up 600 some odd yards like four <laughs> games ago uh, to who Purdue. was that Purdue. Yep. So I mean, it's not like they're they're uh, you know great. And Wisconsin has feasted on defenses that haven't been very good. So I would expect Wisconsin to be able to move the ball. The bigger question is, can Casey Thompson keep them in the game with what they're able to do uh, offensively? He's got some weapons. Anthony Grant's been good on the ground. They've got, Let's be fair, they have some weapons.
1: Oh, yeah, they got a – Scott Frost made a transfer portal all-star team yeah. with these guys. So, so they've got some guys. It's just, can they put it together and not screw it up at the end? Yep. That is Nebraska football. Um, I, I guess I'm positive for this game because – Wisconsin's defense is playing the he's best gonna, it's he, played all season, right? still going to
2: pick Nebraska, though.
1: We'll see. Picks are coming up next. He, he thinks the jinx is going to be easy. He's got the reverse jinx. He's like, yep. No, the jinx is not working anymore because Iowa won, and I picked them last week. But, no, I'm confident about this game because Wisconsin's defense is playing well. Like, since Alex Smith has come back to that unit, they've been really, really, really good and solid there on the back end. And then – Wisconsin should be able to run the ball. And when Wisconsin has been able to run the ball, Graham Mertz has played really, really well. So that's kind of how, how I see it playing out. The bigger issue at hand here is they're playing for the Freedom Trophy. Uh, the most famous. <laughs> <laughs> the that's most the,
2: That's the exact same. Bill just Bill just shook his head and rolled his eyes. And that's the exact <laughs> same feeling that I get when I hear about the Freedom Trophy. And I'm almost pretty sure that's exactly what the players think when they get the Freedom <laughs> Trophy. I, I was down in... Lincoln in 2017, which is like the third year of the trophy. Wisconsin's never lost a trophy, so maybe this would be different if, if they were to lose it and they have to go pick it up somewhere else, but I was on the sideline waiting for them to come over and get the trophy after the game. I waited there for like five minutes.
0: Nobody, even Nobody came over to That's get the trophy,
2: and then they had to remind know. them to come over and be like, hey, come on over. Yeah. Here's a trophy. Pick it up. Carry it around, and then it's, and then it's like, yeah, okay, sweet. This was a Gary Anderson and uh, Bo Pelini fever dream of a trophy. Like I don't, it's, I love freedom. I'm a freedom guy. I'm a big, I'm a big fan of it.
1: But, Allegedly. But this trophy, not a fan of it at all. Uh, what do the words freedom trophy mean to you, Bill?
0: I never had the opportunity to play for a freedom trophy with any rivalry. <laughs> it has to go both ways. When you say since the trophy is even, or since this has ever become a rivalry game, Wisconsin's never lost it. Nope. So no. there's not a rivalry if it doesn't go both ways. Yeah,
2: right. Well, I remember talking to Zach Bond in 2019. It's forced but, is yeah, what yeah. it is. I like asked, he, Zach maybe goes, someday
0: it'll be something, but right now I don't see it as being. And, and to your story, it doesn't have much weight. And, again, if Nebraska takes it this
2: year and all of a sudden it's like Wisconsin doesn't have a single – and say they Wisconsin loses next week – and they don't have a single trophy in the <laughs> in the trophy case for the Man. first for the first time since bef- since probably two thousand two. No bowl eligibility. No bowl eligibility. Then I think the trophy probably starts to mean a little bit more. At this point, it's a worthless trophy, and it just and it's it's thrown in at the end behind obviously Paul Bunyan sacks and the Heartland Trophy
0: in the Little Caesars
2: Bowl.
1: It, then the championship leader- game, Aww. trophy. This
0: year. If,
2: if, 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 Come on! If that, they, they'll be lucky to make it there at this point. I love
1: me some Little Caesars Bowl. If I want see- If they
2: go seven and five, they're not going to go to Little Caesars Bowl. If they go six and six.
1: I want to so- see Wisconsin play Oklahoma. Like I, I feel like they are on the perfect collision course of.
0: What are the pro- kind of high what are, expectations? What are the projections saying for potential? bowl games uh, if they kansas
1: which is the funniest outcome possible uh, you they mean play live hold
2: me, you mean in terms of where they could play yeah so yeah. like nashville and also which is the oh you'd like nashville i'd be okay with nashville uh the dukes Mail bowl which they played in a dump a couple years ago worst in, Wor-
1: bowl in america
2: in, 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 jesus i, what, I, what I have did charlotte do to you
1: I, I have problems with that bowl because i i, Cause I they, they didn't dump the mail on paul Chris. no i think they staged the whole trophy breaking I, I've been very public with this thought.
2: Oh, you think they – because you think they, they twisted it off and then fell off?
1: Yes. Okay. So, so that they could get eyeballs on their uh, Wednesday best. afternoon bowl game.
2: Okay. All right. I, I mean, hey, it was – like, Grant, it's pretty clear it was broken before it dropped. Yes. Yeah. So. Exactly. Yeah. No, That's what I'm saying. Th- it was, that was pretty clear, whether it was intentional or oh, not. And there
1: happens to be a, a large thing of mayo and duct tape right next to the locker. Who could have imagined that?
2: You're, you're bordering on Evo levels of conspiracy theories right now
1: oh I've gone through this a lot this is
2: I, I think it was a scam I don't I will agree with you on the trophy breaking thing that was a total that was totally part of uh, the the uh, videos like the video crew that put that that wrapped that whole thing together that was totally off the cuff
1: okay I, I I'll choose to believe you um, <laughs> But yeah, uh, no matter what though, you, you feel like for Leonard and where he's at and where the program's at, a bowl game would really help going forward when it comes to practices, some some momentum. Like, did what if
2: in, did you enjoy enjoy bowl practices? Did they did they mean anything to younger guys? They're great guys. for
0: younger guys. We, younger they, guys, they older guys no sucked. <laughs> calling it what it is, it's like another spring ball.
2: Yeah, it's like three weeks, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's another spring ball and. We played in the Champs Sports Bowl a couple times. We had that one 7-6 year 2008. I mean, that was just a beating.
2: Yeah, you guys got smashed by Florida State.
0: Yeah, I mean, we got crushed by Florida State, but the bowl prep, like, one, nobody's happy with how the season went. Yeah. It becomes a whole other spring ball. It's another opportunity to continue to develop young guys. Um, Really, everybody was in there. But, um, yeah, I think that would be absolutely terrible (laughs) if – they didn't make a bowl game didn't absolutely terrible yeah did, it. did not yeah did it's, not yeah it's, did important. Not. it's important it's important it, it is very important
1: yeah i look at the young team i feel like they can all definitely benefit yeah, there's no doubt in my mind they're gonna
0: win these next two games
1: plus maybe if they play a bowl game aaron witt might be healthy to play <laughs> and i really want to see him out there
2: this the only guy left on the injury report oh. of not out for the season it stinks. Aaron Witt, which is really unfortunate last time we saw him
1: The Duke's Mayo Bowl, which is the only, well, and watching Sam Hartman just completely implode was hilarious during that contest. But, yeah, hopefully they make a bowl. Hopefully we see Aaron Witt. Hopefully Leonard's named head coach then. And then they go to the portal and they get a lot of good players and and things are good. All right, Wisconsin-Nebraska coming up on Saturday. Um, An interesting matchup, despite what uh, the records may say. We're going to talk about predictions. We're going to talk about the matchup. We're going to make picks. Coming up next, that's Bill Nagy. That's Zach Heilprin. I am Ben Kenny. It's Kenny and Heilprin. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. All right, welcome back in. Final segment. It is Kenny and Heilprin. Bill Nagy with us. Packers coming up in about an hour and a half. Find a monk near you. Find a location near you. They have drink specials for the game. Go there to watch it. Place to be. TV's everywhere. So, last week, the one and only Zach Heilprin went 0-4 and um, one. After after uh, after having a good week, but after he having now, a five zero week, he, he is now losing by so, one single game. So I'm up on the I'm up on the last two weeks. Uh, but he is losing the season long race. Uh, I am three one and one uh, last week, twenty seven thirty one and one total. But the total records don't matter. We have five games coming up this weekend. I mean, the
2: total records do matter at the end of it.
1: Yeah, but no, just about how they relate to each other, not about no. how bad we are oh, when okay. it comes to the under five hundred record. We'll get to Wisconsin-Nebraska coming up in a few. A couple big ones in the Pac-12, and I've decided to devote my weekend to watching the Pac-12 for Pac- once.
2: Pac-10, Ben, it sounds better.
1: Um, yes, uh, I'm fine being called that. The first one, USC at UCLA, which I guess is a Big Ten matchup if yes, we want to project is. forward so it's not even uh, going out to the Pac-12. USC is two-and-a-half point favorites. Uh, big Pac-12 title uh, implications in Where's this one. The game? It is it's at UCLA. Do you know that they sold out?
0: They did the, the largest,
2: the largest, the largest crowd for it's, a. Ro- it's at the Rose
0: Bowl this weekend. Yeah, the venue. Yeah, yeah it's like, going to be half were, USC fans. Honestly,
2: honestly, there were like about twenty thousand people there. Less than that for some of the early UCLA games this year. Like really, really bad for them to be able to sell that thing out. It's not like a hundred thousand sellout they put tarp they put tarps over parts of the stadium but like the uh, the student section is sold out which is just insane cuz it's like 45 minutes away from campus so it's it's yeah it's big
1: so USC is two and a half point favorites yeah they and are I, and I will pass it to you first
2: so I'm I uh, love USC's offense and I hate their defense I'm going to trust Caleb Williams here I'm going to say uh, USC over UCLA
1: um, I am on my guy, Chip Kelly in the UCLA Bruins.
2: My guy. You ran him out of Philly. Yeah. You ran him out of Philly. I know. That was a
1: sarcastic my guy. Um, That's
2: like saying Gabe Kapler was your guy. Well, he was my guy. Until uh, f- he was Formerly guy. my
1: guy. Um, Bill, any uh, any gut feelings when it comes to the, the Trojans? Who, by the way, have won in very unsustainable ways. Turnover differentials through the moon. Who's that? The Trojans. You have won in
2: unconventional ways. You mean just by scoring a whole bunch more points
1: than anybody else? Unsustainable ways. No, they've been in some close ones. They have been, but they score
0: the, They can score on anybody.
1: All right, I'm picking UCLA, sixty-five to sixty-one. I think it's
0: SC. Yeah, Caleb Williams, Heisman Trophy finalist. <laughs> um. All right. I, now they, they
1: they will not have Travis Dye. That's 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 a big one. Former Wisconsin Badger Caleb Williams. Yep. Um. Utah is minus two at Oregon. This was a matchup that Utah dominated last season. We don't know if Bo Nix is going to play for Oregon, and that will kind of decide the game it feels like. I'm taking Utah. I'm just going to ride with what has happened recently, have them go to the Pac-12 title game.
2: I think Bo Nix is going to play, and I think Oregon, since that Georgia game, has turned it around, and obviously here and there, obviously lost last week. But To Mr. Penix. Yeah, lost last week. Former Big Ten great at home. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take Oregon. But, um, wait, you okay with that, or no? You like you? Want to Utah. Oregon. Oregon. Okay. Right. Okay.
1: Uh, and then the two big Big Ten matchups before we get to the Wisconsin game. One's a doozy. Minnesota minus two and a half at Iowa. Uh, no, excuse me. Home against Iowa. The yeah. total thirty-one and a half makes last week look like an astronomical total. Uh, The over just hammer the over. (laughs) I am taking Iowa plus two and a half way too many points for a game where no points will be scored. And I know their offense sucks, but they're winning games. Do you know the last time Mo Ibrahim did not get a hundred yards? I don't never.
2: It's been a while since 2020. So I'm going to hear, I'm going to sit here and say, Moe Ibrahim.
1: they're going to be able to run the ball against Iowa at home. I think Minnesota wins. Uh, Bill, do you want to ride the Iowa Hawkeyes after the uh, beautiful display of football we saw last Saturday?
0: Yeah, I think it's Iowa and are the over.
1: <laughs> I'm shocked.
2: 31 Pick sixes, points. Yeah. It was 35 last week. And it hit.
0: I know. <laughs> no, it didn't. Excuse me. No, no the under didn't. hit. The under hit. I had yes. the under. That was good.
1: Yeah. Um, hit the over. Yeah. And then last one quick before we get to Wisconsin. Michigan, 18-point favorites at home against Illinois. This is a true we-doubt-Harbaugh-before-the-game <laughs> situation where Illinois keeps it close but loses. So I will take the Illini. 18 points. That's a lot of points. The defense is good. That Looking team's ahead good. To Ohio State. Yeah. Alana. I'm going to take uh, Michigan. All right, fading everything I do. Last pick. A Couple minutes before I'm gonna we're hate, out. I'm going to hate here. myself for that one. Wisconsin is 10 and a half point favorites at Nebraska. Yeah. And this is usually where I come on and say, I don't trust the Badgers. I think they're going to lose with the hope of having that jinx and then making them win. Hasn't worked recently, obviously, because I picked Iowa last weekend, and I genuinely felt bad about that game. In this game, I feel weirdly great about Wisconsin's chances to bounce back, to become bowl eligible, like that's something to play for. Their defense is, uh, they could shred it, and when they could shred it on the ground, Mertz plays well. I think Wisconsin wins easily. I, I don't think this game is close. I think there's a lot going into this game, and I don't think it's all on the field.
2: Obviously, uh, the Big Ten West is out the window they want to be bowl eligible, which is part of this, but also dealing with the Devin Chandler news. Right, uh, There are some guys that are not back mentally through that. Jim Leonard said as much, and he didn't know. Like He expects everyone to play, but he's not really sure if they're all going to be completely mentally focused and ready to, be, to go to the point where they're going to be able to use certain guys a ton. Yep. Um, you know, I think there's guys that are still going to be really affected by this, even on Saturday, and can they focus in and, uh, and, and lock in for a game? I think that plays a role here. There's been so much that's going on for them this year. They've been hit in the face so many times. Can they get up and and play well? We'll see. I'm I'm gonna uh, Nebraska's kept most of their games close. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Nebraska covers. Bill?
0: New Wisconsin. Thirty covering. seconds here. Yeah. Um
1: in front of a fake sellout because right. what they're doing to extend their sellout streets an absolute joke.
2: It's always been a joke.
1: Yeah. So We'll see. I'm excited. Uh, Bill, thank you as always for joining yeah, us. For me, guys. Enjoy the weekend. We'll talk again soon. Ebo, thank you for being here. Uh, shout out to the man behind the microphone. We will talk to you again on Tuesday. Thanks for hanging around, everybody. See ya. Kenny and Heilprin,
2: Thursdays from 6 to 7 and on demand at MadCitysportZone.com.